Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly. I'm your host, Steve Stefano Mancini, and I'd like to welcome everyone here. And as always, if you are a new listener and you'd like to catch up, we always encourage people to go out to our website at italianimpactweekly.com. Again, that's italianimpactweekly.com. Now, we have a very special guest this week, Karen Hayde, and I had the pleasure of interviewing her over a year ago when I was doing a different radio show here in Pittsburgh, and that show is the one that this one has replaced. So I'm still here. We're just under a new, we're we're at what they call it, an an old building under new management. So there you go. And as always, I'd like to thank our engineer here at Robert Morris University. That is Joe, Crazy Joe Bananas Hale, giving me the thumbs up, telling me we're still here and that the end of the world has not come yet. So thanks, Joe. I appreciate the updates because there's no windows in this room. With that being said, again, we we'll thank everyone for listening. Appreciate your time. Hope you enjoy the uh, conversation we're going to have with Karen. And Karen, welcome to the show. And again, appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, appreciate it. Again, you and I have spoke. It's been a while since we spoke. Yes. And um, it was fun. Again, boy, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who gets, if there is ever going to be an award for the guy that does the best introductions, it's going to be Philly Rich. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> he knows everybody yes rich i know you're listening he knows everybody and he's introduced me to so many people and i am so grateful for that because you know one of the things that's been my you know i've been pushing this i'm pushing this is to kind of celebrate italian culture but not celebrate you know these big name organizations that go you know hey look we had a big gala and we shook hands with the president like i don't care i'm more important to the people like you, Karen, and Billy Rich, and uh, Michael, who's got the, who's going to be on our guest in uh, two weeks, you know, Frankie D out in uh, Chicago, folks that are just every day doing stuff to contribute to the culture and to promote the culture and uh, really educate people on what's going on out there in the Italian-American community. And that goes a lot more than, you know, some big gala in Washington, D.C. that absolutely has zero impact on my life. So, Karen, appreciate you. Philly Rich, I always give you shout-outs. I appreciate you. And, Karen, we spoke last time. You know, I don't I don't know that uh, our listeners remember, but I'm going to tell you what I remember, and I thought it was a very good interview. And um, it was so good in the fact that we're going to talk about your book here in a little bit, but it was so good, if I'm not mistaken, I ordered two copies of the book. Is that correct? Yes, I believe you did, yes. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so anybody that's listening now, before we kind of kick things off, I want you to know that's what I think of Karen's book. So, Karen, again, welcome to the show, and let's kind of start off and, you know, introduce folks to you. So, Karen, tell us a little bit about you, where you live, where you're from, you know, your upbringing, all the good stuff that people can get to know you. Uh, okay. Right now, I live in Las Vegas, um, which when I lived in Italy, and I taught English there for a while, the children and the adults always, their eyes opened up, and, and wow, you're so far away to be in a region like Calabria, to come from a place that, that seems so uh, so modern and, and, and so big. But I grew up in New Jersey, rather close to New York, and, uh, you know, went to school, college, universities, et cetera, et cetera. And then I started studying languages at a certain point in my life, and I got into studying Italian, beautiful language, of course, and wonderful culture. And I wanted to have you know, a really full immersion experience. I went to a lot of different language schools uh, in, in Italy in various places, in Rome, in, in Florence, the famous places, even in Tauramina. And But I wanted to have a, a full immersion where I can stay for a longer period. And I was looking for a job in teaching English because that seems to be a, a good 
kind of position for someone who speaks English. Yeah? And I, I ended up in, in Locri, Calabria, which is right in the very, very tip of the toe of the Italian boot. And I, I actually wanted to be in a smaller place in that, uh, you know, you don't have the big commutes. You can just sort of walk uh, to your job. And, uh, but that's where I ended up, and I lived there for two years, and then I lived in Reggio Calabria for two years. And after I finished that, I decided to come back to the United States and decided to write a book about my experiences and also everything there was to see there because when I was there, uh, of course, yes, there was the Internet, but, you know, towns and even big museums didn't have websites yet at the time. And so it was very, very difficult to find any information. Now, of course, you Google things, and I'm just talking about 10, 15 years later, and, and there's, you have lots of information at, at your fingertips. Of course, with Calabria, most of the information is in Italian. And so in any case, I'm, I'm of course, really jumping forward pretty quickly in my life. And I, I wrote the book, and I started a blog, I have many social media pages, and then I, I began to do tours. So that's sort of in a nutshell. But just to go all the way back to the beginning, I always had an affinity for Italy because my parents happened to live there in the 1950s for five years. So we grew up with Italian food, Italian people in the house. My parents both spoke Italian. I learned it later in life. Now, so, your family is Italian then, correct? No, they are not. Ah, uh, Karen, you had me at hello, and now you lost me. But that's okay. No, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm sto scherzando, sto scherzando. Well, uh, uh, let, me tell you, let me tell you something. I have been called a doc calabrese in Calabria. Oh. By, by locals. So, and also my book uh, won a uh, Calabria Prize in Calabria in the town of Villa San Giovanni. And so I am embraced in Calabria. So hopefully you can embrace me too, Steve. You're, don't worry. I had you back on the show and I bought multiple copies of your book. I think right. we're in a good place, Karen. I may yeah. actually have to get another copy though, because I ended up, one, I want to say this on the air too, I never got a chance to thank you because you signed them and I gave them as, as gifts to some folks. So okay. I appreciate that. And you're probably going to get a email after this is over to actually get one for me this time. But um, let's go back. Because now you said your family was in Italy. What, what did your father do? Um, a physician. Yeah, he was going to school there. Oh, interesting. My mother actually worked for Coca-Cola. In Italy? Yes. Oh, wow. That's kind of a, what, what brought them there? That's kind of just, it's just a, interesting. To study, to study. Well, I, go I, to the I, university. Oh, no, that, that, I, I never would have saw that, but that's pretty interesting. Now, I want to go back to the languages. Because I'm kind of like you. I, I don't know what it is, but I think there's a weird... Some of us have this weird brain where we just like languages. So right. I studied German for four years. I studied Japanese when I lived in Japan. I lived in the Philippines. I've studied Tagalog since then, especially since my wife is from there. I have studied a little bit of French, and I've been studying Italian for years. And now I'm kind of hooked on what people would call dialects, but I think they're actually foreign languages Besides Italian, did you learn any other languages? No, but, you know, it's kind of funny, because sometimes I will be uh, with friends, and they'll say something, and I'll respond in Italian, and then they'll remark, they say it about themselves, I wasn't speaking Italian, do you realize that? Ah. So I've absorbed a lot. Of course, if somebody is, is speaking a, a very, very sort of strict version uh, in, a, in a small town, that's a lot more difficult. But uh, of, a, of the dialect or the local language. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it would be a lot more difficult. But someone who peppers their speech uh, with local words or um, 
speaking half Italian, half in in their dialect or their village language, you can understand. Now let's talk about that. Let let's talk about your time in Italy now, because this is kind of the impetus for you ultimately writing a book and and right. kind of going where you're at. When you were there, what was what was the draw to go to Calabria? See, most people avoid Calabria. We're going to talk more about that and the whys, and you're going to tell them why they're crazy for doing it. But a lot of people avoid that. I think it's because it's not easy to get there. I think it's literally that easy of a reason why people don't go there. Either they don't know it, or you know, it's not like, hey, I got a tour guide, or you know, I've got a tour from the United States, and you know, I'm going to land in Rome, and they're going to have somebody pick me up at the airport, and then they're going to take me to the hotel. And I'm going to do all these day trips. And maybe we're going to take the train and we're going up to Florence. Most U.S. do not go down into that, for example, into the tow part of Calabria. I just, yeah. I was just there a few months ago. And I was there last year. And I, it's not hard to get there. But, I mean, what got you there? And Because and, that's not the easy route to get there. So what got you there? And, and am I wrong why people don't go there? Well, yeah. I mean, of course, I, I think one thing is, I, I think, is that people don't know that there's enough to see to fill a vacation. That, that is one thing. I think there is a, that lack of uh, information, and, and, and people, of course, hear over and over again what there is to see in Rome and Florence and in other places. But, you know, they just, they're not opening up, you know, a magazine every day and seeing glossy pictures of Calabria. And I think they also don't realize that, that they can spend a week there. They can spend two weeks there. Of course, on someone's first trip to Italy, you know, the, the natural thing is to go to the famous places. Most people would do that in the United States, the same thing, before you start, you know, discovering all the national parks and, and um, places a little bit, as they say, more off the beaten path. But so I think, yes, of course, any place that's far farther from Rome where all the international flights land or Milan is going to be more difficult to get to. And so the individual has to be able to be willing to make that extra effort. But if they don't know that there's something there, they might not make that effort. Even people I found with roots in Calabria, they'll think in terms of just going to their one hometown and not seeing anything else, because I think they don't realize that they're there is so much to see when you when you just even look at Calabria on a map, and you can see it's surrounded by water. So that's 500 miles of coastline, beautiful the coastline, everything from the dramatic coastline on the west coast to the flatter, wider beaches on the, on the east coast, and then once again all the mountains up the center, and then all the culture that that comes with that from all the people who 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 came, who arrived, you know, from ancient times up until today. So I think it's a combination of things, Steve. Well, that's, uh, you know, it's funny you say that because I think I'm guilty of that. When I, so last year I found, uh, I'd been to Italy a, a, a few times, obviously before then, but last year, actually it was a few years before that, I discovered I had relatives in Calabria. So I made a point to go down and meet them. So last year I went down to Calabria and met the relatives. Yeah. And now this year I go back, you know, my, uh, my brother had never met them. So I said, I'll go back with you. I speak Italian. So we went back. But it's funny you say what you say because I'm guilty of that, of not really traveling around. I wanted to, but, you know, you're so like, hey, all right, I got to go to Rome or wherever and I got to land there, or, you know, and then, and then you're going to count for a day to get back and you're going to get to get back a day early. And, and you don't, unless you make your vacation about Calabria, you're, you're not going to see much. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, is and we're going to talk about the book and, and what you saw while you were down there, but... You know, I was talking to my to my cousin there, and he was telling me, you know, and we're on this, 
we're on a beach and that, and and for the people folks that are listening two things i think karen i think you'll agree with me one Calabria is beautiful. I mean, it is like untouched. Yeah. It's beautiful. And two, it is not expensive. Mm-hmm. And you can go down there, and there are these clear water, just beautiful beaches. And so that's what we did. And when my cousins tell me, it's like, yeah, it's going to be 15 minutes from here, there is a resort in the winter where you can go skiing. Absolutely. I, yeah. I always thought Calabria was going to be this, like almost like Sicily. It was going to be hot, dry, desert. When you go down there, it's beautiful mountains. It's beaches. You know, you can go up in the mountains and go skiing. It's forested. It, it, it was beautiful. I mean, when you were down there, yeah, I'm assuming you, can, you you did the whole thing, correct? Yes, but you can ski in Mount Etna, too, in Sicily. So Sicily, yes, it's flat, but there also is Etna. It's not erupting, which it, is, <laughs> which it is right now. And they are sweeping the ash from their balconies in Calabria. Yes, yeah, so that that's the point. There is really there's something for everyone so you know in the summer if 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 you feel it's too warm down at the beach you can go up to the mountains uh, usually anywhere within a, a half an hour an hour maximum to get into the mountains so yeah now it's funny you say that because this year was the big uh, we were there for the big heat wave mm. and when we were down on that beach we went out there in the morning and it was a nice cool 90 degrees and then around i guess it was around 1 p.m it had to have gotten up to like 105 plus easily. And it was so hot that in the middle of the day, everybody leaves. They all go indoors. So here you're on the beach. And you think, oh, I'm on the beach. I'm going to go to the beach. No. When it's that hot, you go indoors. And then you come back around 4 or 5 when it cools down to the 90s. So People always go indoors. At the, that's the thing because, you know, you have to have your lunch. And then you have to have a That's a long lunch. lunch. <laughs> you know yes. how Italians are. They don't go in the water for like at least three hours after they eat. After you have lunch, really you're resting no difficult to go back into the water yeah so let's talk about Calabria. now you were living down there what was the experience like just in general especially the first day you got you know for lack of a better term settled and said okay i'm gonna be living here what was going through your mind well you know the funny thing is is uh you know how when you when you look things up you know in a book or or wherever on the internet there really wasn't much but the idea was that uh you're going to a place that is ancient because the town uh, where I where I was living was an ancient town settled by Greeks, okay, Locri Epizephri, that they now now it's called Locri, but that ancient town was abandoned, and then they built up on a hill, but where I was living was down by the water, and and you've been because you you mentioned that I think you are you from from Falerna maybe was that where you had told Provincia me? di Cosenza. Yeah. Piccola but, but, città si chiama Mendoricio nella montagna. Oh, okay, okay. In any case, in so many places, the, the houses near the water are modern. You know, they were built, you know, in the so, 20th century. So these are not the dollar homes that everybody tells you you can go buy. <laughs> no, no, no. They're just, uh, no. you know, modern, not modern yeah. buildings. So, right. so that, that is sort of an interesting sort of take on, on, on things because there, there are whole communities that are, you know, since the 1950s, you know, really, really started in the end of the end of the 19th century. But, you know, sort of modern buildings. But what was going through my mind? Um, well, I, I already spoke Italian fluently. But the interesting thing was, was that I was really the only person who spoke English anywhere I went in, in the town. And everyone stared. Because you know how it is when you're in a small place, they know you're not from there. And I didn't look like their relatives either. <laughs> yeah, so you, you have to get over that. And then you, 
you know, you start saying hello, and then, you, you know, you realize how friendly the people are. And when, once they realize that they can communicate with you, that is a huge, you know, of course, a huge barrier, because they just figure, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to talk to her. And so well, once they realize they can communicate, you know, then, you, then, then you know, you're buying your, your vegetables, and you, 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 it takes you an hour to get out of the store. Yeah, because now they want to know. They want you're, Hey, you're, you're, you're somebody new, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, interestingly, you said that they've been speaking English. I've noticed that when I'm down there, it's, I mean, clearly there's not as many foreigners down there. And the foreigners that I right. did see down there were from Europe. I did see like a lot of Germans and stuff down there, yeah. but they definitely don't speak English as well as they would in, in, in the big cities. Obviously, there's less of an international presence. They're small towns. When you were down there, though, did you ever run into those situations where they were speaking, uh, I'll call it a dialect? I, I still see them as other languages. You know, considering yeah. the unification of Italy didn't occur till the mid-1800s, these were small states. They were their own countries. You know, yeah, they, they're derived from Latin or Greek, but, you know, they're, they're their own countries of their own languages. Did you ever get into a position where you're like, I have no idea what you're saying, let's speak Italian? Well, the funny thing is usually when that kind of situation happens, you're with an older person. Let's say you're sitting on a train and you, there's an older woman sitting across from you and, you know, you sort of smile and, and you say hello and then she starts talking and saying things and you realize, wow. It's not, and, and if she could speak Italian, she would be speaking Italian. But she will understand uh, me or the person that she's talking to better because the Italians, of course, all watch TV. But when they speak often, if someone's come from a little village who doesn't really speak Italian very well, and of course there are very few people like this because everyone goes to school, but if it's a really older person, you could come up with someone like this, and, and then you just do your best. And I usually find that if you just sort of try to relax into it and let it absorb and, you know, context clues, you usually can figure it out. But, of course, if you're in a, in a town that has, uh, in, in the very south, in one of the towns where the native language is, is uh, Greek, ancient Greek or ancient Albanian in the north, it, it would be impossible for you to figure that out. But in those type of towns, people tend to, all speak Italian because they would have to speak Italian with somebody from another town further away, even within Calabria. So, um, all right. You know, it's funny yeah. you say that because uh, the, the, I, I like how you use the word ancient because I don't think people appreciate that. You know, this is one of those this is a, that you can have knowledge of humanity that's slowly being lost, and not just in Italy. In a lot of these countries where there's multiple dialects, you know, where they're maybe not not as advanced, right. not as westernized, and they. You know, you might have a, a, a small village that has, a, has their own dialect language, whatever, whatever term you want to use. But, yeah, they'll speak the national language. And when these people die off, the kids move away. These things are lost to time. There, there is an effort. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Are you familiar with the effort that they're trying to record people talking in the older languages so they can kind of preserve it? Are you familiar with that? Yes, well, not I me, mean, not specifically, but I do know that they're in a lot of the towns. Like, for example, they're really trying to, uh, particularly in the southern part of Calabria, where there's a lot of uh, uh, Greek heritage, they're trying to teach it more. But, of course, young people, they want to be able to get jobs, and so they already have to learn English. They, they know if they, if they that's a, you know, as a foreign language, it's important to them. If they already speak the one language in their hometown, then they have to do Italian in school, obviously, then English, but if they're studying at the classic or scientific high school, they'll have to do Latin, also Greek if they're at the classic high school. So 
it's a lot to ask of a young person to learn an, an, what we could call an ancient language that they're only going to be used to preserve their heritage. And, and you know how somebody who's, who's 12 years old, it's hard to have them understand and appreciate that. Oh, the, amen. You because, know, you know, that's what I, that was my problem, is I could have learned Italian very young, and, and I didn't appreciate it. People are speaking Italian like, ah, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. And then you get older, you know, right. what, what do they say? Youth is wasted on the young. I mean, that is the yeah. absolute truth. And by the way, you know, here in America, you know, you think about the Native American tribes, same thing. You know, now they're trying to preserve what's left of these languages before they're gone because now you're, right. you know, you got the grandparents and the great-grandparents, that, you know, that might still speak it or remember it and you know, this next generation, there, there's no, the problem is, is there's no, there's no real practical reason to learn the language, especially when you're younger. You're doing it, if you're not doing right. it for a passion, you know, you're probably not going to do it. But, but I am, right. I, I tell you one thing though, I, I still have a desire to learn uh, what I'll call the local language. Cause I noticed when I was down there, my, um, i miei parenti, Hanno parlato un'altra lingua. They spoke another language, and right. you know, I, I was like, man, I want to know what they're saying. He kind of told me, he's like, yeah, when we're speaking to each other, we kind of just do what you said. We sort of just devolve into our kind of natural language. But then right. when I speak to them, they'll they'll speak Italian for me, and so I'll hear it because I'll see them. You know, they're in the kitchen talking, and I'm going, I don't understand a word they're saying. Like, I'm not right. super fluent in Italian, but I know enough that I should be able to pick up a word or two. When I'm not picking up a word or two. Besides Quando and Comey, I'm like, all right, this right. is this is clearly, you know, another. There's clearly speaking, you know, I, I don't even know what right. the language would be called. There again, they're in, it's in the province of Cosenza, so I don't even know. And I know it matters where you're at in Calabria because there are kind of areas, and you know, you talk about the ancient uh, Albanian and, and the Greek, you know, it's still there. It's in pockets, but it's still there. And um, you know, I I am I think the next year I go back. I am going to have to do some kind of tour. And we're going to talk about tours here. First, we're going to take a break here in a second. We're going to talk about your book. Then we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk about your tours. But uh, my goal would be to get down there, and I would love to do a language tour. So we're going to talk about that after the break. But in the meantime, for the folks who are just joining us, we are speaking with Karen Hayes. She is a fantastic author calling in from Las Vegas. We appreciate her time. And we're going to take a quick break and pay for this time with Karen. Thanks to Greater Pittsburgh Travel. For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. And we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. And that's La Scuola d'Italia, Galileo Galilei. We'd also like to thank Chris Gonzalez from the Knights of Columbus. If you have any questions about joining the Knights of Columbus, reach out to Chris Gonzalez at 412-605-9074. All right, welcome back. And Karen, again, thank you very much for being here. Now, 
We've kind of learned that you lived in Calabria and you liked it and you learned a lot so much you came back and you wrote a book. Exactly. Let's talk about the book. What was the inspiration besides, besides life? What was the inspiration? And, and tell our listeners, tell me about the book. Well, you know, it's kind of a funny thing. I um, have a good friend uh, named Louisa, who I mentioned in the book, and she, she had a club called the Anglo-Italian Club of Reggio Calabria. And they used to always quote all of these British writers. And, and there are a few who, who are rather famous who wrote books, um, Norman Douglas and Edward Lear and, and George Gissing. And, and in the public schools in Italy, they, they favor the British English as opposed to American English. And, um, and so the, the school teachers and many people in the club were school teachers, and they were always focused on the Queen of England. And even their books in school, they talk more about uh, British history than American history. Of course, ours isn't as long, but um, in, in any case. And so at one point I remember saying something, well, I would like to do something from an American uh, standpoint. And, and we were at a, a little sort of meeting, and, and, and she sort of announced, well, Karen's going to be writing a book. And so, you know, I thought about it, and, and I decided, well, maybe I will uh, write a book. So that's sort of how it, it, it came about that, that sort of pushed oh, So she volunteered away. you to write a book. She sort of volunteered <laughs> me to, to give the, the American um, impression, yeah. And also a more contemporary, because I'm talking about books that were written, um, you know, back in the 1800s and, and early 1900s. So Now let's talk about the book. What, tell the listeners, what's the, what is the book about? And, you know, I love that. I yeah. always like to ask this question. You know, when we're doing these kinds of interviews, and we've had a few authors on, and, I, and I'll give you one just an example. We had a gentleman on here who was a biographer of Rocky Marciano. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, why? Why would I want to read this book? I mean, give me a so what. And he, you know, we talked about kind of the struggles, and it was kind of more of an inspirational thing. You read this because this is a real person that shows you the ups and downs of life, and, you know, and he never stopped fighting, and not just, you know, literally, but figuratively, and it's a way that can inspire you to kind of fight through the trials of life. And so there was a so what. So let's talk about the book. What's the book about? And, and, and give me that so what, because, you know, I, I have my, my bias you know, but somebody else listening may not have the same bias as I do. So let's let's talk about the book and the so what. So I would say Calabria is, of course, the center of the book. So some people might say, oh, it's a put it in a memoir category. I don't know that I would really put it exactly in a memoir category. The, the book is about Calabria. So in a way, it's a memoir of Calabria itself. I I start out with my experiences, my experience of arriving and and meeting people, uh, teaching in, in the school, and, and then I move into what there is to see. You know, first taking a train to Reggio and, and seeing, for example, the spectacular bronzes in Reggio Calabria, and, and then going further afield and visiting other places. So the book tells a story a little bit, I guess like you could say, well, it's definitely from my point of view, and I, um, so it, it's everything from what it's like to live there, so to be in the local culture, to go to the marketplace, and as well as a tourist, because no matter where, even if even in your own hometown, you can be a tourist. I've also often found when I was 
in Calabria that you would ask somebody from the south about about a town in the north and they had never been there. They would often say, well, you've been to so many more places than I have. So the book is tells the story of Calabria uh, both from the point of view of living there and what it's like to live there, but also uh, what with the history and the important things to see. The title, Calabria, The Other Italy, also going a little bit to what you said in the beginning. People, they go to Rome and they, they see Rome and Florence and, of course, all the major tour companies and, and magazine articles all focus on those famous places. So this is the other place that perhaps you might not have thought of before. And so I'm putting it out there and saying, think of this. And, and you'll be surprised, really, how much there is to, uh, to offer in Calabria. No, that's fantastic. And you know what's funny? A lot of people that would go there are more likely to be, I don't want to say the adventurous, but, but somebody who wants to go off the beaten path. Because there are some people that just going to Italy is a big deal. And, I, and I'm not trivializing that. Believe me, I, I couldn't. I, I never flew on a, in an airplane for a vacation until I was 45, 46 years old when I finally did it. So I, I, don't, I don't say that trivially. So just going to Italy is like, wow, we, we went to Italy. But I think if you're going to say, all right, been there, done that. Yeah, but you haven't really cause you, because you've only gone to the big places. And again, I don't, I don't you know, poo-poo that. But I do think there's a lot more to see. And, and it's funny, you, know, you, you kind of used a couple of words there, you know, um, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, and I live in Pittsburgh again. I, I left for a bunch of years, went off, came back, and, and now I'm back. And I talk to my kids, and they'll be like, oh, you should go eat this restaurant, or do you know about this? And I'm like, I grew up here. I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, I live here. And it, it's funny because I was not, you know, I, I certainly grew up in a wealthy household. You know, we certainly weren't going out to eat all the time and, and doing all these things. But you would think when you live in a city, you'd have a pretty good, comfortable idea of what's in your own city. But most people probably don't know, yet alone what's in their state, yet alone what's in the country. Because I talked to a few friends, and it's like, hey, why don't you go to Italy? You should see. So, well, I haven't even been to, you know, to your, I haven't been to the Grand Canyon yet. Yeah. I, I get it. You know, I get it. But there's just something different. I think the flights, if you stop in Portugal and stay there for a couple of days, might not be too dissimilar because it's six hours from New York to Portugal. And I think it's about, what, four to, if I go from Pittsburgh to, you know, Vegas or something. Right. But the point being, though, is, there's a lot of people that would say, you know what, I haven't even seen everything in my backyard yet. Why would I want to go overseas? Right. But I, I don't know. I, I guess it's just it's a different mindset to be willing to go overseas. And it does not take a lot of money. And I, and I want to say something else. You know, you, you, you call it a memoirs, and you went down there. And I'm going to make a leap of faith here that you didn't have a million bucks in your pocket. When I went down there, when we took the bus, I think the bus ticket was like 60-something dollars from Rome to the actual town right on the beach where we were going. It just so happens that there's a bus stop that runs up the main road there on the eastern side, and then it shoots over through the mountains over to Rome. So it was like 60-something dollars. Now, you're not going to find that unless you're going to look for to go down to all these little towns like Sibari and all that places. You, know, you, you kind of know where I'm at now. So people aren't, aren't, aren't going to know to look for these towns, yet alone to know that, hey, it's only 60-something bucks for a, for a bus ticket. And you say, well, yeah, but, but what does it cost to stay there? Well, we stayed in a hotel, and I think we paid maybe – $75 a night, and that included breakfast. Mm-hmm. So I'm not telling you not to see the things in the United States, but I'm also saying you don't need to be a millionaire to be, quote, a world traveler and go see these wonderful places. You know, and, that, and that bus literally dropped us off 
within about 50, it was about, I'll say 100 feet from the hotel. And then if you just turned one way instead of the other way, you were 100 feet away from the beach. So when you, when people read, like you said, when they're reading Calabria, the other, they're hopefully what they're getting out of this is, you know, it's, it's not that hard to do these things, you know? Would you, would you agree with that? Yes, but you have to you have, you know, you going down on a bus, you know, you have to have an event. You have to have a little bit of adventurous spirits to do it yourself. I was just broke. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no airports nearby. And I, if there was, I hate flying. But no, but you're right. Yeah. You have to, you have to yeah. be willing. You have to be a little bit more. You have to be okay with being a little bit uncomfortable. Yes, yes. It would be the same thing in the United States. I mean, who's going to get right. on a Greyhound and go from here to there, right? Well, that's more and, of a know, safety to, issue. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, I mean, but, but when you get on it, you realize, hey, it's not bad. But that's not going to be your first instinct. You're going to say, oh, I'm going to get in the car because I'm more comfortable. And, you know, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a leap no matter where you're doing it that's right. in the United States. No, and, and in fact, one, one quick funny thing, you know, it's funny you say that because I had never thought of getting on an Amtrak. The trains, right? Everyone thinks, oh, right. trains are terrible. But when I used to work for a company before I, where I work now, I we had an office in New York. And my boss was like, well, here's what I do is I drive from Pittsburgh to Harrisburg. I park my car and I jump in the station and I take that to Penn Plaza, New York. I'd never mm-hmm. done that. Never th- to your point, I never. And I live here. I speak English. Right. I never would have thought to jump on an Amtrak till somebody said, you can do this. It's actually not that expensive. And I tell you what, if you've ever driven in New York, you don't want to drive in New York. So right. taking that Amtrak that lets you off at One Penn Plaza, you walk up. There's Markets or uh, Madison Square Garden, million hotels right around there. You can walk to Broadway. Boom, you're there. And so I think in a lot of these foreign countries, it's the same thing. But you just don't know what you don't know unless right. now we're going to have a fun transition just for you, Karen. Unless you yes. have some kind of tour guide there who offers there some go. kind of tour. See how we do this? And and Karen, yeah. for the record, this is totally impromptu conversation. So the people that are listening can't believe. Joe Joe knows me by now. He knows how I do this. But you offer tours. So let's talk about the tours and, and what you do and what kind of services you offer. Yes. I started tours mainly at, at first because people kept asking me, are there tours that go to Calabria? And so I thought, um, and you know, the big companies don't go to Calabria because they want to go to places where they're going to have, you know, guaranteed 40 people in a bus week after week. And so I, I thought about it and decided to uh, start uh, tours. And um, so I have four tours to Calabria, modest, with my company Karen's Travel LLC. And um, I have three different itineraries for 2024 and they're 11 and 12 day tours so we meet you at the airport or train station in La Mezia Terme because that's where the the largest international airport is in Calabria and and from there to the end of the tour you're taken care of the whole time and the tours are quite comprehensive. We stay in several different hotels, but it's not like a different hotel every night. Anywhere between two and four nights in each hotel. And have you know, excellent food. Of course, it's in Calabria. But, um, you know, sometimes on the larger tour companies, you get tour food. Yep. Um, this is not the case. This is because I'm eating these meals, and I am very particular. So the food is really uh, excellent on the tours, as is the wine. And we see, you know, all of the important sites. And the thing is, the first tour that I had, I called the Calabria Cultural Tour. And that goes from, you know, north to the south um, and everything in between. And I tried to pick out some of the most important 
tourist places to see and cultural sites. But then I, but I couldn't fit it all in, uh, in, in the tour. And so I came up with a different itinerary that does really different places. There's only a couple places that are, are um, repeated. And then this year I've come up, and that's called Traditions and Food of Calabria. And in that tour, we also stay in an historic uh, residence. Now, what region, mountains. though? Calabria is pretty area, a big area, so what region this are you staying? all Calabria. Basically, we go each, pro- each tour. For example, in the Calabria Cultural Tour, we start out in the province of Cosenza. Okay, right. And in, in a hotel in Cosenza, and then we go to different villages and to different mountain areas from that hotel that we stay in for four nights. Then we move to, to Reggio for three nights and see the city there, and do some day trips from there, and then Catanzaro area, and see things from there. And so each tour has an itinerary uh, like that, where you, you stay in, in a few different places, so that you don't have to keep you know, changing your suitcase every night, and, and then you know, take day trips uh, from the, the various places. So, yeah, so there are people... Love the tours, I have to say. Really uh, great reviews. Um, and, uh, and so it's, uh, it's been quite an exciting, I guess I could almost say even in a way a mission because a lot of people are thankful that they found the tour because, of course, when you're going to a place that, as you say, you have to take a leap of faith in a way, you know, you get on the bus and it landed in, in, in your town, but, you know, what if it didn't, right? So um, if you want everything taken care of for you, and also when you arrive in a lot of these places, if you, if you get to a museum, in most places there isn't any English, and uh, so you, you sort of need a tour, and it's not like Rome where you could always sign up for that English language tour at 11 o'clock or, and 3.30. You know, there's so many more options in the big cities, whereas in Calabria there really isn't. So um, that's... That's what I got. Well, you know what's funny because when I was down there, that was the one thing, and, and I and I know it's because I did not do enough traveling around. I was down there a specific reason. I was visiting relatives in the area. So, right. and, and in the first year we went there, I think there was like fifteen of us. So we there was no way we were doing anything beyond staying in the in the town, you know, to the beach, to the little. So there's two towns we would go to. One was Pietro Paolo, which is right there on the beach. And then about 15 minutes from there was Mandatricio, which is which is up in the hills there. Mandatricio is actually where my family's from, but they the hotel and everything where you catch the bus is down on the beach side. So you know we're down there most of the time. You know, rent a car, drive, but you're very local. That was the one thing that I would say. I don't want to say this is a negative because if you want to get away and relax and really be authentic, I'm going to come back to the food here in a minute. But if you want to be authentic. That's how you need to do it. But what I did miss was I kind of did miss the what I'll call the man-made attractions, the really nice museums. You know, the, a Greek, I think there's some Greek temples still in Calabria. So you've got to you know you've got to pick where you're going to, depending on what you want to see. Am I am I correct yeah. in that? There there are a lot of yes there are a lot of uh, remains Greek and Roman remains. Um, there's really only one column actually standing. There would have been temples all over Calabria uh, as sort of like in, in Pestum and, and what you find in uh, Sicily, in Agrigento. But, uh, of course, it's all, they've all been carted away for building material and other reasons, and so there's, there's really only one column standing still in, in the town of Crotone. But there really is a lot to see, and um, the one thing about, I'll say, you know, with the tour is that you, you don't lose time 
being frustrated not knowing where to go and not being right. able to find right. and in arriving and finding it's not open and so um, that that really does does help you out and interestingly there's always the comment that you know you're eating in a, in a restaurant and you realize that there aren't any other foreigners everybody else is italian you know they're surprised that the only place that they really see foreigners, you know, being non-Italians, uh, is in Tropea, which is the famous place now um, for the people who haven't heard of it. Tropea is on the western coast, and it really has a gorgeous beach. It's a sheer drop down from the, the town, and then in this emerald green water, there's a little little island and a, and a church on top, uh, Santa Maria dell'Isola, St. Mary of the Island. So it's it's been photographed, probably the most photographed uh, place in all of Calabria, and a couple of years ago was one of the Borgo dei Borghi, one of the village of the villages. It won the the prize in there's a sort of a club in Italy called um, I Borghi più belli d'Italia, the most beautiful villages of Italy. And there's a list, and there's several, quite a few in Calabria. Um, every region has uh, these villages, and Tropea was one of the, those villages, and but it won the best of the best a couple of years ago. So that place now is starting to have many more tourists, and it always had, as you said, a lot of Germans. And I think another reason is that Europeans have more vacation time than Americans. And so a tip, typical American vacation isn't that long, and then, of course, to take the plane over and get back, it's, uh, it gets difficult. But in any case, uh, yeah, that is a thing that is something that guests have always... You know, always comment on they can't believe that it's just them and the locals yeah again if you want the authentic experience Mm -hmm. that's what it is i know when i was i went to um i also went to spain last year or actually it was this year and i remember we were in or no it was we were in a uh, well spain it was spain was barcelona and i just remember seeing all these fast food u.s fast food chain restaurants and i'm like fine i'll have burger king or whatever i actually did i was just in a hurry and, and ironically enough how crowded it was with the locals i'm thinking i hope you people got good health insurance because when you start eating our food you're going to find out why we're all on twelve thousand medications and can't walk up a flight of steps but um i do want to talk about the food because that was one of the things i noticed when i was down there it didn't matter where i went in this town there was no microwave cooking my food. They were in the back cooking the food. The bread was fresh. The pizza was fresh. The fish was fresh. Everything was fresh, fresh, fresh. Talk about the food a little bit, and then what are some of your favorite plates from Calabria? Yeah, that's hard to even pick a favorite. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I love pasta, I have to say. I love handmade pasta, and really just a simple pasta with tomato sauce or with um, tomato and sausage. For me, you know, a handmade pasta is, you know, you've arrived. Right, right. Um, yeah, of course, In pork is, is the main meat. That, and, and in Calabria, there's also a special pig, uh, the black pig. Oh, uh, I did not know Calabria. that. Yeah, and it's, you know, very good pork. And the, 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 the pigs are uh, black, and they're a darker color. And so uh, you'll see pork, most of so everything from all different types of sausage and, and salami, of course, the famous one that's now you see in the United States, the Ninduja, the one that's spelled apostrophe N-D-U-J-A, that is from the town of Spilinga. Um, so it's really a tiny town, 
and it's a very spicy, uh, spreadable salami that has 30% pepperoncino in it, so you can imagine. But it, it's so good, the salami there, that, yes, it's very spicy, but it's flavorful spicy, not just... Right. It's not, not just burn it where you can't eat it for the sake of just being spicy. No, it's funny you say that because that's not a stereotype. They love spicy food. And to your point, it is a different kind of spice. I remember when my uh, cousin would send me pictures of him, uh, you know, hanging out all the peppers after he's picked them and he's getting ready to make his sausage. I'm thinking, is there going to be any meat in the sausage? Because I see the peppers. I'm looking for the meat. But, you know, you've had a very, you know, kind of an interesting time. I mean, I, I'm certainly, I know I'm envious because I think... Uh, just getting a chance to live in an environment completely foreign. You know, I lived overseas for about six years, but I was always with the U.S. government. So I was trying to experience local as much as possible, but I always had a, a fallback net. You didn't have a fallback net. You were there to survive off of the local economy. Before you went over there, is that something you would ever envisioned or saw yourself doing when you were younger? No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, not, not teaching English, certainly, no, no. Now, uh, it, was there, a, you know, kind of anything memorable that really stands out that you think changed your life from that, just that time in general? Yes, I mean, ab- it, it absolutely did, because you know, after that, then it, it sort of gave me a, a different direction, you know, writing the book and, and then just telling people about Calabria. For example, my blog has over 150 posts on it, thousands and thousands of photos just about mostly about Calabria. There's also some, because I wrote a book about Basilicata also, but uh, mostly about Calabria. And, you know, it, it became my mission. So it, 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 it did uh, change me. Um, and, you know, I, with the food, I didn't mention all the vegetables and, and the wonderful citrus. You know, there's so much, uh, yeah. And it was all fresh. I just remember being yeah. down there, and I mean, everything was fresh. I'm just sitting at the table. And you know what else was, was, was neat? was it didn't matter who you were, whether you were poor, middle class, or rich, everybody was growing their own food. I don't know if, did, if that was yeah. where you were at, but I just saw everybody had, I don't care how small or big the place was, everybody had fresh something growing. Yes, and the whole idea of, you know, their, the idea of, they, they call it in kilometro zero, you know, zero kilometers. We would say farm to table right. in the United States. Right. But the thing about Calabria is that it, since it, it, there, it, it never became, it never got away from kilometro zero. It, it always was. And so in other places, people brag about it. Right, as if you it's know? some new invention. Look, I can grow my yeah. own tomatoes. Uh. Yes. So, but there, that's normal. And, um, and so as you say, you're eating in restaurants, it's normal for the food to be fresh. And so if the chicory is in season, that's what's going to be on the right. menu. And so, you know, that is a real, a real plus. Now, what's, uh, what's next for you? What is next? Well, I'm working on my tours for, for this coming year, always working on the blog. And, um, How about another I, book? I am thinking about it a little bit. As I said, I wrote one about Basilicata, just for, for anybody who is interested in the region, in the, um, they would say, the instep of uh, the Italian boot. And Basilicata actually shares a national park and, and mountains, the Polino uh, Mountains, which is in the north of Calabria and southern Basilicata. They share that. And so 
I also have a, a, a tour in Basilicata. But I am thinking about another book uh, about Calabria, but I haven't quite zeroed in on it yet. I mean, there's so much information out there. Everything that I do, I feel like I'm just, uh, you know, scratching the tip of the iceberg. But uh, there's so many towns and, and so much uh, to discover there. Well, like I said, I appreciate your time. I wasn't sure if I was going to go back this summer coming up. But I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> why not? So I'm debating going back. And who knows, Karen, you might be getting a call from me to set me up with one of these uh, tours around the toe, as we'll call it. But well, yeah. I'm doing it in May, June, September, October. We're definitely going to talk then. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. Because the summer for, for going around is, is a little warm. Moderately. Well, I was there. Like I said, I was there. Let me just, it was so hot. When that wind blew, it was as if, you know how you stand in front of a, a hair dryer and it's on hot, and you know, you're trying to dry your hair, but then let's say you're just screwing around and you're blowing your face or something with hot air, that's yeah. what it felt like. It was just, it was unbearable. I mean, you have to go in the water to cool off and then go inside to get out of the, just get out of the well, heat. So I can't even imagine walking around in that. It's not always like that there. I mean, no. definitely a heat spell. Matter of fact, it was worse, I believe, even in northern parts. Uh, because it was. At least there, there's a breeze. No, I was I was in Spain when it was when it was at its worst. I was in Spain, and it was. I mean, you could not believe the temperature difference between the sunny and the shaded parts. So as soon as you walk around the corner, like let's say you're in the side of the building and you're under the shade, as soon as you turned and went into the sunny, I mean, it must have went up 15 degrees easily. It was unbearable this was they, they definitely had a good heat wave in europe this year but uh but you know again august and july is always going to be hot in the southern parts of italy yeah, and, and spain and all those good areas yeah. but karen again i want to thank you very much uh for your time as yeah. always now for folks that want to learn more about you your book read your blog where can they find information at okay on my website at it's the name of my book calabria the other italy.com all right, calabriatheotheritaly.com. Yeah. Karen, thank you very much. We're going to be in touch after the show because I'm probably going to reach out to you for another book. And okay. why not, right? We'll sell them suckers one way or the other. But again, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I will be in touch with you afterwards. You have you. a wonderful rest of the week, and we will be in touch. Take care, Karen. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Once again, I want to thank Karen, and we're going to be right back after this message. If you missed Italian Impact Weekly live on WKHB Radio, 620 AM, 102.1 FM, you can always listen to our archives by going to www.italianimpactweekly.com and hear such great guests as Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo, Chris Corciani, Vince Papali, and many, many others. Our other show, Talking Business and Life with Claudio Relsano and Steve Mancini, can be heard on www.crsmmedia.com. On this show, we cover such great topics as different funnels of income, dealing with rejection, pivoting to a different career, and have great guests such as boxing icon Jerry Cooney, upcoming guest Donnie Lalonde, former champion boxer. And my other show, The Claudio Relsano Show, you can listen to that show on ClaudioRelsano.com. I've had such wonderful guests as Ken Griffey Sr., Rocky Blyer, Dick Vermeil, Roman Gabriel, Pierre LaRouche, uh, Vince Ferragamo, Mario Andretti, a lot of the same guys, but uh, they're always great uh, guys to listen to. And if you have a uh, interest in hosting your own podcast, contact Empire Media Ventures at questions at italianimpactweekly.com.
And my book, can't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not to Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that at my website, www.claudiorilsano.com or amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com or the Barnes Noble in Robinson Township. We'd also like to thank Chris Gonzalez from the Knights of Columbus. If you have any questions about joining the Knights of Columbus, reach out to Chris Gonzalez at 412-605-9074. Thanks to Greater Pittsburgh Travel. For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know, and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. And we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. And that's La Scuola d'Italia, Galileo Galilei. We'd also like to thank Chris Gonzalez. Chris is a field agent with the Knights of Columbus. If you have any questions about joining the Knights of Columbus, or if you're a current Knight of Columbus and would like to learn more about financial preparedness, reach out to Chris at 412-605-9074. All right, welcome back. And again, I want to thank Karen for spending some time with us. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about her experiences, checking out her blog, getting her book, looking into her tours. You can check her website out at calabriatheotheritaly.com. And once again, folks, we want to thank you for spending an hour with us. We appreciate your time. We appreciate our listeners. Grazie mille per il tuo tempo. Thanks again, and we will see you next week. <laughs>